How's it South Africa? And thanks for listening to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. Welcome to episode 238. I'm your host Donumdu. In this edition, we share a supplementation guide for Mzanzi's livestock farmers this winter. Clifford Mtumkulo, founder of MC Enterprise and an award-winning free-state farmer, Gisela Bischoff, ruminant nutritionist at ADM, and Klaus Janliu, expert in animal nutrition and researcher at the Agricultural Research Council, chats to Food for Mzanzi's commercial journalist Octavius Mandel about this topic with guidelines, tips, and everything new and established farmers should know. Over to you, Octavia. Thank you, Dawn. Clifford, can you share with us a brief overview of the animal production cycle for livestock farmers? In order to compensate for new trends that may not be available in our natural grasses during the dry-off season, like let's say in winter, in order to ensure that animals have a good body condition and performance while they survive during the hot season, one has to understand the kind of forage that can be given to the livestock or animals during the difficulties of the winter. Because normally in the winter, we have to supplement so that we can maintain the body. And again, it, it depends on the forage as well as well-planned your fodder flow. is throughout the year as well as the head size of your accommodate VS, your capacity, of which is the GVA at... Uh, let's say the LSU, livestock per unit, and then the small stock per unit. That also plays a vital role. And then you have to put, let's say, just one, I don't mention brands' names, any other supplement, whether it's Molotek, whether it's Cernic, whether it's White, that you must give on winter so that you can supplement the nutrient content on the body of, of a livestock. And thus, the infrastructure. I think most of the problem is for people who are farming in, do you call common age, you'll find out that the livestock is getting grass five kilometers away. The water is five kilometers away. And then it has to be driven three kilometers away for some supplement. That alone distresses an animal because now it has to eat, go get water there, get good supplement there. So that alone plays a vital role in the growth of an animal. So if animals are kept in one place, a smaller place where there is water, the supplements and the grass, it depends much easier for you to get the weight that you need and then the production that you need from a livestock. Gisela, what is the aim of supplementary winter feeding when it comes to livestock production? So the use of a supplement is to provide the animal with the requirements that is not supplied by the field. So your supplementation depends on your condition and also your phase of reproduction or your locating status of your animal. So typically during winter, you either give something to maintain the body condition, in agreement what he said earlier, or um, for the increased production requirements. Class, climate change is also a reality. How does it play a role in the way which farmers approach supplement feeding during the winter? The climate changing issue is basically more prevalent during summertime where we expect higher temperatures. So the temperatures might also increase in winter, but because that's from a lower base. So during winter time, that can mean more drier period, less plant material available for the animals to graze. 
And that's why fodder flow programs or a fodder bank on your farm becomes more important during wintertime. But the supplementation at summertime, that will be then a different topic or a different discussion. Clifford, I actually want to get back to you. Is there a guideline for farmers who are just starting to farm with livestock and going through their first winter season? You see, commercial farmers have got camps. There is a reason for that. It's not like on our communal lands where the livestock will just be running around because where they feed or pee, they'll never graze. And the limitation of the numbers in a camp, thus the rotation of the livestock through the camps. Reason being, let's say if one livestock, its feet, it's like your hand. Remember when that livestock is standing, it's standing with four of your hands down, of which that will be the grass that it will never graze. Remember where it's going to sleep, where it's going to do whatever. So hence, commercial farmers limit their number of livestock per camp and they keep rotating so that when the rain falls, it washes away whatever that needs to be washed away so that the same livestock can go to the same camp and still graze. But now, if you have one drinking drought, remember the route to that drought will always be like South Africa puddles today. So nothing will graze there. So that also, crop rotation, you must care for your land. You must care for your fences because with livestock, if you don't get your infrastructure right, you're not going anywhere. And finally, Gisela, the reality is that it's not just a one-size-fits-all. What does the type and volume for additional feed look like and how does that vary for farmers? Like in the communal area, we have small and larger stock grazing together in one camp. It eases the management if you rather with a product lower in urea, which is also safe for your smaller animals. So you would typically go with a production nick 20, 25 or 30%, which are the ones on the market. So your typical intake on your sheep production licks, obviously you give that to your thinner animals and your animals in higher lactation and production, reproduction statuses as well. There the intake is around about 300 grams per sheep a day. Whereas in your winter lick, which you give for your maintenance animals, animals that are already entering the winter in a good condition and you only need to maintain. There, the intake on a winter lick for your sheep is around 150 grams per day. And then your cattle on the winter lick, normally it ranges around 400 to 600 grams. A lot of times the people see as the grazing decreases towards the end of the winter season, where the volume also decreases that they get from the grass, the intake on the lick increases. That's a time where you need to be start looking at maybe supplementary feeding and not only at a lick, whereas on your, your cattle that is lactating, your end of your fetal growth, which requires a lot of energy, you would rather go to a production lick. There the intakes are around about 800 to 1.2 kilograms per day. And this per day supplementation should be given out once every second or third day. Otherwise, your dominant cows continuously go to the feed troughs and your less dominant animals never get to the lick trough. So that's why over a period of two or three days, even the shy eaters, they get a chance to go to the troughs Something that is very, very important with your lick supplementation is enough feed trough space. Don't give all of the lick in one trough where only five animals can eat at one stage. Please provide them with enough feeding space. Thanks, Octavia. And thanks for your insights, Clifford Mtumkulo, Gisela Bischoff, and Klaas Jan Liu. And that brings us to the end of this edition. 
You can, of course, read more on this topic on www.foodformzanzi.co.za or visit our YouTube channel for more. From me, Don Numdu, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer, Megan van der Fend, and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team, have a great week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans, though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. 